Welcome back. Episode number 33 of Inside the Minds, your hat trick for food, beer, and sports talk. My name is Chris Wannenberg. Welcome back to this weekend edition of Inside the Minds. And God, I know I promised you guys at least three of us were going to be here for this episode. <laughs> Way to lie to the people. Yep. And we got a new one today and Kevin's back. I am Kevin, back. how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm living the dream, thriving on life. You know, we all are, dude, but I, I I said that Bart was going to be here, too. He's in class. So He's getting his I know. education. I, I, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting that Bart is in class now, and Thursday nights are kind of rough. So for those of you who don't know her, this might be your first episode that you're listening to. Uh, Bart is actually in a f- fire education course right now. Is that it? He's the EMT. I don't know. It's we either probably, EMT or fire. <laughs> yeah, we probably should pay attention more. He wants to save Bart. people's lives. Yeah, he wants to do he wants to do really good things with his life, and so he is in the class and the starting stages of that. So obviously, we fully support him, even if he can't be here for our weekend episodes. But you got to do what you got to do, and he's doing what he's got to do. So it's pretty exciting to at least get to see see him doing something that he loves. Kevin, what happened? Uh. OG Ananubi just made a three-pointer at the buzzer to have the Raptors win over the Celtics. Are you serious? Yeah, with 0.5 seconds left. So, well, I did That's not think it was going to happen. Well, we'll get into that in From a little bit. From him, too. Yeah. I got all players. All players on the Raptors. <laughs> That's incredible. It's incredible. Let's start it off. I know we didn't do this for the last episode, too. Um, but we're going to... We're going to jump into a beer review because Kevin has one. He, he got some, some, uh, some beer from, from one of our mutual friends that he really wants to talk about. So, Kevin, what's this, uh, what's this new seltzer that you had? Yeah, so I've never heard of this before until my friend Jamie brought it over. Um, it's called Social Club Seltzer. It was established in 2020, so it's your official seltzer of COVID. Um, they did not create COVID though. Let's make that clear. Um, but they have a very interesting take on it. Their seltzer, at least this flavor, is old-fashioned flavor. So for those of you that like the typical like whiskey or bourbon flavored stuff, this is going to be good for you. Um, it has 7% alcohol volume. So after one, you're starting to feel it already. Um, nice, easy way to get tipsy. You know, we love to see it. Um, but it tastes 100% like an old-fashioned, um, made with club soda, the uh muddled cherries and the orange and all that good stuff um honestly it's better than i thought it was going to be the first sip you're kind of taking it back because the traditional seltzer is fruity and you know everyone tastes the same like you cannot tell me the difference between a black cherry white claw and black cherry uh but light seltzer so you know it's all the same this one's different though i really like it i would say it's probably around a 7.8 7.9 somewhere around there and it's gonna be good for this cooler weather in the fall because a lot of those fruity ones were more summery so now you get to switch it up go with a fall style drink and the can looks classy too i'll show it to chris here it's so classy i do like that design though yeah i really like that design actually I like the orange with the the white tint on it that's yep. nice it's pretty dope um so i would definitely recommend trying it um, I don't know where you can find it because I didn't go buy it, but if you find it, give it a chance. I might have to. 
Really might have to because that, that's that sounding kind of good right now. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long day. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Oh my god, I'm I'm ready for the weekend. I don't know about anybody else. I'm 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 ready to start the weekend. Uh, Megan's one of Megan's little sister's birthday is this weekend, so hopefully we'll get to celebrate that up. That'll be a lot of fun. How old is she? She will be 22. Oh, so you can go buy her some of these social club seltzers. Did turned exactly. So, yeah, great excuse to go buy some. Exactly. So yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to just get to celebrate and kind of cut loose a little bit from all the COVID and bad news and crap that's going on in the world. So it'll be fun. But speaking of fun though, who just hit that game winner? OG on a newbie. Oh my God. They made it a series. They did. They officially made that a series. I, I don't know if I'm shocked that Toronto's made it as far as they have because I really thought without Kawhi they'd be kind of screwed. But at the same time, the defending champs too, so it's it's, it's a weird league. Yeah, I mean, league. Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach, so he's done a great job with that team. Pascal Siakam really evolved and filled the role of Kawhi. I mean, he's not up to the level of Kawhi, but you're going to take what you can get when you're trying to replace him with a drafted. Uh, I think he was either a late first rounder or second round pick. And now he's a budding all-star. So that really worked out for the Raptors. And yeah, they did make this a series. Cause I mean, it was one three, one one with 0.5 seconds left. And if he, if OG didn't hit that shot, they're down three Oh looking at a sweep. So it's interesting, but the Celtics, I think they do still have the more talented roster, especially with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown stepping up. It's going to be tough. Ooh. And they have Kimball Walker, too. I Ooh. keep forgetting he's there. What? Scott Lawton makes it a tie game for Philadelphia. Ooh, dang. <sighs> we'll get into Philly that gets a little it eliminated. Later. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't think the Raptors get past the series, but they did do better this season than they were expected to do, so – they have to be happy with where they're at. They got their title last year, and then they still made it to the East semis. Um, so it's good for them. What's what's the suspicious call that you're saying? So I didn't watch that game seven all the way for the Rockets oh, and for Thunder. The, for the Rockets and Thunder. Um, yeah. So the Rocket or no, the Thunder had the ball with like five seconds left. We're going for a shot, and then um, Lou. Donter, I don't know his name, but yeah, a rookie or second year player, I can't remember. But he went up for a shot, got blocked. He like grabbed it and he wanted the clock to get stopped, so he tried to throw it off Harden, and the ball went out of bounds. They called a delay of game, and he had the Rockets two free throws. So, Wait for real? That's what yeah. happened? Yeah, and I mean, no way. How so, is that delay a game? I have zero idea, and. CP3 is really upset about it because during the game, Scott Foster came up to him and he's like, hey, you remember when you lost to the Spurs in game seven in 2016? Yeah, I was the ref for that game too. Um, and they lost because what? of bad calls in that game. And so, like, CP3 was just furious because Scott Foster is the one that made the delay of game call, which it's clearly not a delay of game. Oh, like my he called it. God. That's not a reviewable <laughs> foul. So, like... I mean, there's only like point 
five or seven seconds on the clock or something. But I mean, we just saw OG on newbie hit a shot with 0.5 seconds left and won the game. That's time. Yeah. It's so, still time. Yeah. Literally like the thunder probably should have won that game and then they lost because of Scott Foster. So I'm not thrilled about it. Cause I think CP three deserves a deep playoff run. He's been in the league forever. So I feel bad for him. Yeah, I do too. And I, I brought it up in the last episode. Uh, I thought it would have been funny if CP3 uh, had to leave. I don't know if I said had to, but it didn't get brought back to Houston. Well, he got traded. Obviously. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because they thought he was aging and he wasn't worth it anymore. <laughs> I just thought it would have been funny. He gets traded to OKC and then eliminates the team. Yeah, I was really hoping for it. I thought it'd be for. hysterical. But, like, what a shocking statistic I saw today was the fact that this is Russell Westbrook's first time game past the first round since guess when? Uh, the big three? No. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be rough. Um, since 2016, he has not made it past the first round in five years. Wow. Like Wow. They had Paul George and Russ last year and couldn't get past the first round. 2016, KD was there. Or, yeah, I guess that was the last year when they got eliminated and KD left. So once KD left, he couldn't get out the first round. So hot take here since Matt's not on this episode. Russell Westbrook's the equivalent of Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Bulls fans. but No, I, I would say sorry to NBA fans for that take. Yeah. 100% do not Russell believe Russell Westbrook does not equal <laughs> Michael Jordan in any Correct. way, shape, or form. Correct. I just want to take a shot at Michael Jordan knocking out of the first round. Um, Whatever. Anytime I can take a shot, I will. <laughs> Unreal. But I don't get it. So, funny enough, I know we talked about this during the first round with the Lakers. People were bashing LeBron saying if he goes out in the first round, he's not going to be in the group conversation anymore. Well, he still hasn't ever been eliminated in the first round after like 16 years um, making the playoffs. And he ended up leading, like having the best statistical first round out of everyone at 34 now. So he's still doing big things. And I honestly think this later series is not going to be much of a series. I mean, you have Russ and Harden against LeBron and AD. I'm going to take LeBron and AD. Four games, clean sweep, easy. Horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> I, I guess I can see why. It's going to be the ADs last year there anyway. So no, it's not. <laughs> He's 100% resigning. Okay. Just like Petro's resigning. AD doesn't have a reason to leave. He can get the max deal. He can get a bigger deal because he's been with LA now for a whole year. And they're winning. And he'll be the primary player next year, LeBron. I think LeBron's going to step back into a secondary role starting next year. So The only good thing about the Rockets-Lakers series for any NBA fan here is that one of the teams will lose. <laughs> uh, well, the Lakers are winning the NBA Finals, so sorry to everyone. They're not going to let the Lakers lose in the year of Kobe's death. Conspiracy all the way. Probably. The Jazz were one rimmed out half-court shot away from advancing. 
that was an incredible last like 10 seconds of that game. It was chaotic. That, that was unreal. I couldn't even like follow what was happening. There was so much going on. And then Mike Conley almost hits that from the logo. I was like, wow. That would have been a crazy buzzer beater for him after all those years in Grizzlies and with the Grizzlies being so close to getting in the finals and not doing it. And then he could have actually helped the Jazz on deep run. Would have been awesome to see. Like the Jazz are starting to become a team that more and more people want to win. But now they're becoming the Nuggets. <laughs> not being able to get out of the first round with yeah. budding superstars. Like yeah. one of those, either one of those teams lose and it's going to be the same narrative over and over again is that they can't get out of the first round. They choke under playoff pressure and one of the teams broke it this year and will still get eliminated by the Clippers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, I want to say I feel bad for <laughs> jazz fans, which I do because you should be getting a lot farther than what you do. But I mean, as soon as AD signs with you next year, you're good. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen. But I, <laughs> I do agree. The Jazz are becoming a really likable team, especially with Donovan yeah. Mitchell, um, who the Jazz said they're offering him the max once free or, or free agency opens up. So that's going to be cool to see him there for another five years. But at the same time, I don't feel bad for them because Rudy Gobert is the reason we lost sports for five months. Mm. So, you know, it's it's fine. Um, but Jamal Murray was unreal. He earned this series. The thing that was most surprising to me, though, was the fact that the last game ended 80 to 78 when both Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jamal Murray had combined like five times for 50 points. And like they had like combined 200 and something points over the last three games. And then the two teams came and break the 200 mark combined. Like that was kind of wild. I mean, they couldn't even break the 160 mark. That is true. I was you trying know. not to do the math in my head, even though that was easy math. I was like, I know they didn't break 200, but I can't figure out the math for how much they didn't break. It's crazy because when I was betting on those games, it felt like every single game you could bet the over and feel confident with. But with this game, I mean, you couldn't even bet. I try to think of another analogy for it. That would, that would make sense. But there are some games that you could probably bet the over for a half. Like if a half was something like, you know, 160, which I know that's unrealistic. Yeah. And there are some games that would go over that in a half. And these guys didn't even make it, make it, make that in a full game. Like defense was, was key. It was good old school basketball. And if that's what you really like, that was the game for you. So if that's yeah. you, if you don't like scoring, if you feel like defense, there you go. It literally was like back to early 1990s, late 1980s basketball. And like scoring in the bubble has went up like 30% or something crazy. ESPN released a stat on it. Like teams have just been scoring at stupid rates. And then you get a game that can't break 160. Like I know for a fact that there was a game. Uh, I think it was one of the Mavs games that broke 160 and a half. Like, it's unreal how much these teams are scoring, and they finally had one defensive game on the game you bet in over. <laughs> I didn't bet that one. So oh, you didn't? I'm happy, oh, yeah, smart. I'm happy with that. 
I haven't been really betting too much over the past couple of days, but it, it's one of those games. I know everyone who bet that over and I was, and I was the first thing I thought when I saw the score, that was the first thing I thought was anyone who was betting the over on this, on, on this game is throwing their phones out the window right now. Oh, absolutely. Especially with like how much just Jamal Murray and Mitchell were scoring. Like you're like, there's no way they can't hit the over. Every, They're literally putting a minimum 40 points a game. Yeah. I mean, every sign was pointing toward that. Yeah. It, it was an unreal game. A um, little bit of an update. Four to four Philadelphia and the Islanders. Islanders are on a power play with a minute left. They almost punch it in. Nope, not yet. With a minute left on a power play and a minute 30 to go in the game. And they're holding the zone pretty well. So if someone scores... <laughs> Especially the Islanders on this power play. Okay, Philadelphia just cleared it, but man, that's that's a series. That's turning into a real series. You know, the I know we'll get to this later, but the yeah, Avs and Flyers are gonna make lies out of my prediction of the Stars Islanders Stanley Cup final. Um, but yeah, we still have one more series with basketball that we. We can touch on real quick. Well, that one's not really important. This is actually, I think, the most important series. Okay, of here's the one. Round. I think, and Bart and I talked about this on or for the for the last episode, in episode 32. If you haven't checked that out, please go check that out now, so okay, we know what, what I'm talking about. But what's with the NBA scheduling? Why why are they still playing game sevens for one conference or one series, but they're already in game two of the next round for another series. I don't understand that. Well, because they're in the bubble and they're not like restricted by the TV or like schedules from like previous years, they can just schedule them like right away and just get through it. Um, You actually saw in the NHL, if the blues would have went to game seven in the Canucks series, the abs and stars actually started their series, the game, the day after game six. So game seven for the blues would have already been game one would have been done for the abs and stars. I thought, I thought that was contingent on whether that game went to game seven. Nope. That was why just because they can (laughs) sports every day. Like you're in a bubble. No one's traveling. Everyone's getting nothing but rest. Like you can do it. It is weird. It's more noticeable in the NBA, but it is. Um, it is a weird dynamic, but well, more importantly, Giannis, I know we talked about this before we started recording, but Giannis is going to Miami or Toronto. After this definitely year. going to Toronto. I'd put my money on Toronto. I want to see Jimmy buckets and Giannis though, because Giannis Everybody can't wants shoot to the ball that. and take clutch shots. Like Giannis is a beast defensively. Like he won defensive player of the year this year. He might win back-to-back MVPs. But he doesn't have that three game. He's not clutch yet. So going to Miami with uh, Jimmy, like Miami would be a perennial contender and probably get two or three rings. So I'd like to see it. But currently as it sits, the reason that this is even a rumor is because Miami is up 2-0 on Milwaukee right now. And I think they're going to win in five. Um, but the last, Chris, let me tell you about this last eight seconds of this game. This is the first sporting event I've watched since the Blues got eliminated from the playoffs. Sad day. But um, 
the last eight seconds, Chris Middleton, like they inbound the ball to him. He takes a three with like four seconds left on the clock. It wasn't good. He had two people in his face. Somebody got their leg under him and fouled him. And the Bucks were down three. So he went to the line, sunk three free throws. Jimmy Butler gets the ball on the inbound after that. Just goes in the corner and like tries pump faking and no one bites. And then he jumps. Giannis barely puts his hand on him. They call a foul on the way down. Jimmy Buckets hits two free throws with no time on the clock. Like so much drama to end it. Two questionable calls. But Miami took it. NBA officiating is really bad if you guys did not know that. <laughs> Do you feel bad for Milwaukee fans? Uh, no, because I don't like the state of Wisconsin. So if they were better drivers, I, I would feel bad. But <laughs> um, you take a shot at the entire state. I just asked if you felt bad for Milwaukee. Well, well you said the fans of Milwaukee. Yeah. Which would be the state of Wisconsin. I mean, so. not, I mean, not all people from Wisconsin are Milwaukee fans. Correct, but I'm just saying, like, the majority probably are that watch basketball. And But, n- no, I don't feel bad. They have the two-time MVP. Well, soon to be announced two-time MVP. He's fun to watch. He actually made them relevant again for the first time in probably our lifetime. <laughs> I, I can't think of a time when I could – even name three players on Milwaukee and now they have the face of the league. So I don't feel bad for them. And last year they should have won the uh, league and they choked. I mean, Kawhi was on a mission, so can't really fault them for that. But now Jimmy Buckets is on a mission. So I'll feel bad for them once Giannis leaves after this season. Once, once Giannis leaves and then signs with the Bulls, we'll <laughs> – Oh, being good in a good spot. Okay, right? so that one is more believable than the Raptors, I think, because I don't whatsoever. The GM of the Bulls is Greek. Okay, would, there's a there's a connection. There's a little bit of a connection there. There's I a cultural connection that he could sell. Will he sell it? I don't know, but we'll see how he does as a GM this off season. But. Um, It'd be interesting. I mean, he already did fire Boylan after he said he wanted to see him in game action. So it really tells you a lot about Jim Boylan when your GM's like, yeah, I want to see see how you work. Like, uh, imagine this, people. People listening to this, imagine this. You get hired for a job, right? And you do the job. You're not great at it, but you're getting by, right? We've all had jobs like that. It's just not maybe working out. I definitely have had those. You get a new boss. And he says, I want to evaluate you on your skill set before I make any more decisions moving forward. And then he fires you the day before he evaluates you. (laughs) I mean, Jim Boylan definitely deserves it, but I I do think it's hysterical (laughs) that happened. Fair? No. Like, you you tell somebody you're going to evaluate them, like, you probably should, but at the same time, Jim Boylan was there for what two, three years? Like he had a sample size and he didn't do anything good. So you don't want to go into a new season with a coach that's not going to get your results. 
and maximize the talent you had. Like the way he managed Kobe White was mismanaged, and right there, like that's enough to say, yeah, go by, go bye bye, go coach in the G League. There's so much talent on that team too. Yeah, it's just like, been wasted. Exactly. There's so much raw talent on that team that needs to be exploited. And it, it's sad when it's not, you know, like Laurie Markinen, I mean, he he shows signs, especially during his rookie year, that he could be a top three-point scorer in the NBA. He could be a Dirk Nowitzki. Or at least at least an equivalent. I'm not saying he's going to be Dirk Nowitzki, but well, I'm saying like yeah. the seven foot three point shooter that can that can drive, like he he definitely has that skill set. Zach Levine should be able to play his game. Yeah. He should be able just to go out there and play his game because I think he's at that point. Wendell Carter Jr., I don't know about him anymore. So I'm not even going to worry about him, but he's only had one year. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I guess. Oh. But <laughs> like Denzel Valentine, yeah, I understand throwing the flag in on him. But Denzel Valentine, oh, I liked him so much coming out of college. I was like, he's going to be really solid. Like he had comparisons he, to like a poor man's MJ, not yep. MJ Magic and LeBron. And I was like, that's really good company to be like. And I watched him play. I was like, he has talent. He can do it. Yep. He won't score like 30 points like LeBron will, but he'll probably get you 20, 12, and 8, which he could. is all-star caliber. Exactly. So, yeah, it was just very poor managed. And actually, with the NBA, like, I'm glad we brought this up because today there's a big hiring announcement. Steve Nash joined the Nets. Oh, yeah. Steve Nash would have been great for the Bulls. I firmly believe that. I, I just have this thing personally. I just have this thing with players becoming head coaches. I don't know what it is because it just feels like it never works out. So, and, or at least the grand majority of it, it just never works out. And the first one that comes to mind is like, is like Jason Kidd in the NBA. <laughs> That's who Wayne, came to mind too. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky in the NHL. Like they just don't work out. You know, these superstars that when they were playing, they're like, yeah, I'm going to be a great coach. And then they're, they're not. They fall flat on their face. Well, so that's why, I, why I, when I saw that this morning, I thought, okay, that's a good marketing pitch, but is it going to work? Like, I think there's two versions of superstars that could or should not be coaches. There are the ones that are just really good and know the game, but they don't know how to explain the game. Like Jason Kidd, he was – visionary on the court. He's a great passer, great ball handler. He could score. He could do all of it. Multiple time all-star. He won titles. Like He was good, but he couldn't explain it to other people to help make them better. Steve Nash, and same thing with Kobe. Like, I wish we could have seen Kobe coach eventually. Um, but they know the game so well, but they know how to explain it. And they're just so intelligent about the game that they can make other people better and they enjoy that. Like Kobe would be coaching the net stars during the summer. Like he was coaching Tatum. Um, I think he coached Kyrie at one point. Like Steve Nash has worked with players in the off season. Like I think he's capable of doing it. And I think Brooklyn's a good first spot for him because he has a superstar power there already with Kyrie and Durant and DeAndre Jordan. So I think it was a good hiring, but I think he also would have been good in Chicago. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, time will tell. (laughs) Time will tell. I mean, Steve Kerr is a good coach too, I think. But, I mean, that's what happens when you have Curry and Clay and – Correct. I still don't actually think Kevin Durant at one point. <laughs> I don't think that Steve Curry is a great coach because no. the amount of talent he had when he took over that team, they were supposed to win the championship anyways. He didn't do anything astronomical. And then when he was out for half the year with his back issue, Luke Walton led that team to the best regular season record in history. Steve Kerr didn't do that. Yeah, he just coached right. the playoffs. And then what happened in that playoffs? They lost in the finals after having 3-1 lead. So, yeah. I don't think Steve Perry is a great coach. I think he's a good coach, but he's not great. Yeah. So, that's my take. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a solid take. I don't know. Players just feel like they don't work out the majority of the time, but then there are some that surprise you. And I think, like you said, the the ones that are able to explain the game and who are true visionaries of it, are the ones that really do work out. And best of luck to Steve Nash in Brooklyn. I think he's got a good foundation for it. And I think that they might be onto something that's that's going to be truly special in the next coming years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. A move was made in the National Football League this morning that I think a lot of people expected to happen. They yeah, were did. planning on for it to happen. Yeah, it was. I I don't know. I think Tampa Bay is just trying to – they're just trying to get the, the big-name guys at this point, I think. Like, I don't know if they're actually going to be able to perform. Like, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Tom Brady will, but Gronk was a little strange to me. Leonard Fournette's – Kind of strange to me. I don't know. As a resident temporary Tampa fan, Tampa fan, sorry. Let's see it right. Tampa Brady. Uh, I like the move. He, Bruce Arians already came out and said he's not going to be the number one back, so he'll probably be red zone situations only. I like it though. Like, Gronk makes sense because Tom Brady trusts him and he is the greatest tight end of all time. Like, if he's back to size and shape. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I said it. Greatest tight end of all time. Well, the previous greatest tight end of all time, actually the previous two, have both said it. So, when they hand over the title to him, it's fair. So, when Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp both agree, like you kind of have to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the greatest tight end of all time is Mike Dicka. How's that for a take? I want to kick you off this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. uh, But I didn't know, I didn't know Tony Gonzalez said that though. Yeah, I think he did his last season. Um, But yeah, Gronk, he's still only 30. Like he's had his injury issues, but he took a year off. He's back in shape now. Uh, He's feeling good. He's feeling excited for the season. I think. Tampa Bay is going to have the best offense in the league. Not the Ravens, not the Chiefs. It's going to be Tampa. Hot take, I know. But you got Mike Evans there, who is an elite wide receiver. I put him in top five in the league, um, maybe top six. But then you have Gronk there. 
you have OJ Howard, you have Chris Godwin. Now you have Shady McCoy, Fournette, and Ron Jones Jr. So you have a dangerous running back by committee, and then you have the greatest quarterback of all time. They have good linemen, so I'm not too worried about Brady being rushed or under pressure. And then their defense is way above average now. They're a top 10 defense. So Tampa is winning the Super Bowl this year. You heard it here first. Book it. Chris bet on it today. I am not betting on that by any means because honestly, it just sounds like a bunch of names that were great and now they're not. Like Tampa Bay feels like feels like the, ML, like the rest the, of Florida. The MLS. I feel like the MLS of the NF or the football world. Okay. Well or the American football world. I see where you're coming from with that, but at the same time, I don't like I can see it, but I can't see it at the yeah. same time. Like Tom Brady's mind is still there. He still sees the game better than anybody else. So, yeah, but at, I mean, at the end of the day, starts in a week from today. So I guess we'll see. It comes down to execution, though. So that's my thing: is that are they going to be able to execute together? Are they going to be able to bring the chemistry back together? Like obviously, obviously, Tom Brady and Gronk are not going to have a problem with that. Exactly. I'm talking about the rest of the team. Yeah. It, Which that's why he wanted Gronk there was so he had that security blanket if no one else could uh, match his chemistry. Man, that's that seems a little shady in itself. Well, I mean, like, if you play I mean, in the same you, place for twenty years and you move, you're probably like, I need one person that I know. I guess, but man, that that kind of feels like a lack of confidence for the rest of the team. Where it's like, well. If I hate the rest of you guys, then at least I'll have someone that I like. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if but at the same time, it also boosted Thomas and the team because then you're like, oh, we're all in on trying to win a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. we just brought in the greatest quarterback of all time. We brought in the greatest tight end of all time. Like, now we're bringing us solid potential Pro Bowl caliber running back. We have a potential or a former Super Bowl winning running back. Like, they have all the talent in the world and confidence there. So. Uh, I think Tampa's going to be interesting this year. I think they're going to be the best in the NFC for sure. I don't think they'll have the best record in the league because um, I, I think the Chiefs will still take off. But I'm excited for the all-Florida Super Bowl of Tampa Bay and Jacksonville. Moving on to Major League Baseball and every team in – okay, just to let you know, I'm totally kidding about that Super Bowl prediction. Let's not – I hope you're serious. Let's not let's not jump on any backs here about that. But <laughs> let's not freak makes out. The playoffs, you should bet on that. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville or Miami? Ooh, Tua leading the Dolphins to the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Against Tom Brady, I'm all in. Let's <laughs> not Sign get too up. ahead of Mi- ourselves. Miami, Tampa. And I think it's in Tampa this year too. Should it be even better? Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I see what you did there. You're funny. Offense is up in Major League <laughs> Baseball because we're going to move on from that horrible pun. <laughs> the offense is really skyrocketing, and honestly, I think that that's really highlighted from last night's game um, between the Cardinals and the Reds, and I think that was a must-win game for the Reds, and they just get 
absolutely destroyed 16 to well, 2. That was two nights My ago because the Reds actually won last night. Oh, it was two off. nights ago? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Anyway, I think that was a must-win game for him. But here's a here's a fun little stat. Here's a fun little stat for everybody. Brad Miller. is a stud. Who is, who is the Cardinals' current third baseman, if you want to call him the third baseman. Has more home runs in the last 25 hours with three than the two all season put up by Chris Bryant. <laughs> clowning him. I don't, uh, and that's not even clowning him, too. That's just like, it really shows the type of struggle he's had this year. And I don't he said know. said St. Louis is boring. <laughs> the His cur- numbers the are boring. Curse. Yeah, no kidding. But. He's been he's been surprising to me, and I know they've been trying him out in the leadoff spot, which I don't think he was ready for in the first place. I think he's always been that three four hole hitter, and then they just kind of throw him into the into the leadoff spot. Which if he's ready for it, okay, but that's just not a spot. I don't think he was ready to be in. He's he just kind of looks uncomfortable at the plate from the games that I've watched. Yeah, no, he should be. He should go back to either the two or the three. I mean, analytics say your best player should be hitting two, which yeah. now you can argue Chris Bryant's your best hitter if he's only producing that this year. But it's also right. like when we acquired Dexter Fowler to St. Louis, we didn't bat him lead off, and he had been lead off for the last several years, and he didn't know what he was doing. And when Matt Carpenter was our lead off hitter forever, he dominated as a lead off hitter. We moved him anywhere else in the lineup, he hit like under 100. Like, Okay, dude. So it does play a role, and it's interesting that the Cubs haven't switched to it yet. But that comes down to the inexperience of Ross. Like, it's his first year as a manager. I didn't think he was going to be good as manager, and this is kind of showing it, even though the Cubs are winning. The Cubs are doing well. So, like, I think I think Ross is going to be another one of those players that that we've talked about before. I think he will actually be a good coach. Because he, it just seems like he knows how to explain the game well. Like there were pitchers that that thrived with him behind the plate. John Lester was one of them. That's why he was so good in the 2016 playoffs. I think he is a. I think he will be a really good coach. But with like any new thing, there's always a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. Just a interesting set since Monday. Since we recorded, there have been 11 games that have had nine or more runs stored, with the highest being 23 stored. Wow. Like by one team, not total, one team storing nine or more runs. So Tuesday was ridiculous. There were five games that had double digits. So yeah, the Cardinals was 16-2. Uh, the Braves won 10-3. The Tigers won 12-1. So the Tigers scored 12 runs in a game. That ball is juiced. The Indians scored 10. Uh, the Giants won 23-5. to Like That was just Wednesday's games. Like That's absurd. The ball is flying out this much. Um, but it makes for exciting baseball. Like, I mean, I like pitchers' duels just as much as high-scoring games. So, like, I'm okay watching a 1-0 game. But I know the more casual baseball fan, they want to see runs happening and 
like especially today, baseball fans got a really rare, rare treat that I was telling you about before we started recording. But Trey Turner hit a inside the home or inside the park home run. That was really neat. That's the first one I've seen in a couple of years. Hey, really? Yeah. I don't know the last time I've seen one. But like he <laughs> it was actually so the Nationals are playing the Phillies, so you know who's yeah. in right field? Yeah. Bryce Harper. <laughs> and oh, then Jesus. you have your former team hit an inside the park home run on you. And the ball was hit to right center. So not that great dude, look. That dude has been just not giving off good impressions whatsoever. I I don't know. Like I, I liked him, but I, I still love Harper. I'm just to just to just to put it lightly, he's such a big baby. Like the the catch with Acuna, you throwing your helmet down like, dude, come on, just, just, just appreciate that defensive play. I'm sorry it happened to you, but you're this. As long as the check clears, who cares how good of a play that was? You know? Yeah, like, I don't know. This is like where us as Cardinals fans, we always appreciate baseball being played the right way and like the reactions being done correctly. But, like, at the same time, he's playing with passion. He's just out there trying to win and do the best he can. So, I get it. Like, I like that he's passionate about winning. But you also have to respect, your t- like, the other team. So, I get it for both sides. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Harper's just kind of rubbed me the wrong way over the it's past scary, few though. years. I only like him because of his hair. The flow. Okay. Yeah, so if he didn't have hair. the flow, like, how would you feel about him? Oh, he would just be a giant tool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, also, one of my best friends from back home, he absolutely just hates Bryce Harper, the passion. So I honestly like Harper just to piss him off. So the hair and to piss off my friend Tyler. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> the last piece of baseball news I want to get into This man led an unexpected run at a World Series title back in 1969. He recently just passed away. Tom Seaver, the legend, the original, the OG Tom, terrific in my opinion. Great career, even great man. And, you know, he he really led the charge for that 1969 World Series title. Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young winner, Rookie of the Year, 12-time All-Star, and a three-time ERA title with 311 wins in his great career. Kevin, I got some. I, got, I want to do some Tom Seaver trivia for you today. Oh goodness! Oh, how man. many how many saves did Tom Seaver have in his career? Oh boy, I want to say it's over 200 saves. Yes. Okay. Am I right? It's over 200. No. I feel like it's some ridiculous number. Yeah, it is actually. Is it over two hundred? I'm not. I'm not telling you that. You got to. You got to put a number. Two sixty-five. Two sixty-five. So Tom Seaver, in six hundred and fifty-six career games pitched, had three hundred and eleven wins and one save. Oh my God! Why did? <laughs> Why did I think he was one of those pitchers that just had a ton of both? One save. Well, I, I respect it, but I didn't even realize he passed away. Um, yeah. So that's that's a big loss to the baseball community. Um, he's one of those guys, like, if you're playing MLB The Show, like, 
I always liked having him. Like I put ledges on franchise mode. I would always get him on my team. Like, Oh yeah. Just what he like represented for baseball for so long. It's really cool. Like loving history, like baseball history. Like he's a huge part of it. So it's a tragic loss. Um, but he'll be remembered for a long time. So, yep. Yep. Tom Seaver will always be a legend gone, but never forgotten for sure. And Mets fans, you know, especially those who actually got to witness him play. I'm sorry that, sorry that news had to break to you, but that happens. And, uh, we'll move forward with new legends that are coming up through your system. Hopefully Jacob deGrom is going to be at that same level at some point too. Oh, he's already hall of famer. You think so? Absolutely. He has like two Cy Youngs already. Um, he had below a one or two ERA at one point. Like he's an absolute stud. Noah Syndergaard probably won't be a Hall of Famer because of injuries. Okay, okay, here's a here's a question: Is Jacob Degrom a first balloter? He's only like 27. He still has a long way to go. I think Jacob. Wait, what? He, He's not that old yet, is he? I don't follow people's birthdays. I think they say the same age. He cut his Jacob hair. De, Jacob Degrom's thirty-two. Where have I been? Jesus. <laughs> Wait, how old is Cindergard? Because I thought Cindergard was thirty-two. <laughs> oh boy, um, I'm embarrassed. Noah Cindergard's twenty-eight. So I basically had them backwards. Okay, my bad. Yeah, but. Well, DeGrom shaved or like cut off his hair because he used to have that really long hair. He looked so much younger once he cut it off. So, and now he's like pitching the best baseball of his life the last couple of years. I think he has the potential to be if the Mets make one more deep world series or like playoff run with him because um, he needs more postseason stats to his name. But I think he has the potential to be. I think he'll end up being a second or third though. Yeah, I think he's got a chance for sure. He's, he's going to be one of those guys. I don't know about Syndergaard, like you said. I think yeah, I think he gets hyped up a lot for what he does. And maybe it's just the team that he plays on, but... I mean, he's an ace, no uh, doubt, but he's not a Hall of Fame ace. He's an occasional All-Star ace. That's for sure. Yeah. He's, 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 been, he's made the All-Star game one year. Uh, so, I mean, at least that's something, but... That was also his second year in the league in 2016. So yeah, and he had a lot of while hype now. for like 2015 through like 2017 and a half. He had a lot of hype, and then like he's been on downward trajectory. Oh my god, I can't even say that word. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm struggling. This a uh, social club seltzer is getting to me. Um, have another. Uh, I'm still only halfway through this one, but okay. well, then just chug it. Chug it. I like it, but. Cindergard is going to have the same type of career Adam Wainwright has. Like, really good, and possibly he's going to make like their own team's Hall of Fame, but won't make the actual Hall of Fame. That's another discussion we should get into one day. Oh, I would love like to get into that one. Well, no, the legitimacy of like team Hall of Fames. Oh. Because that's that's basically a fan vote, and if you have like any sort of sort of sentimental value to that player, you're going to vote him in, so... Yeah, I wish we I would mean, have the, talked about it for the Cardinals ones this year. There was only one legit one that should have been in it. And then the, I think they voted in three or four. I was just like... Who was it? Uh, I think Scott Rowland was this year. Was he last year? Um, oh, no. Edgar Renteria, I believe, was this year. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, why is Edgar Renteria going to be in the Cardinals like, Hall of Fame? He was here for like, three years. Like, he did make an impact. I think it's because fans feel bad because he had his eye socket fractured and ruined his career. But, yeah, but that doesn't mean you get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't no. know. Anyway. So, yeah, we can definitely have that debate sometime. Yeah, let's have that talk for another episode. So that's why you need to stick around and listen to all of our future episodes. <laughs> coming up twice. coming up after this after this commercial break, we're going to get into some hockey, some live reactions that are coming up because the Flyers and Islanders with the Flyers are on the power play right now. And if they score, we're going to have some live reactions to that. That'll be coming up right after this commercial message. Everyone could use a little extra mindfulness during a time like this, and that is why our friends over at Alpha Sport Performance are offering a discount on all of their services. Alpha Sport Performance is dedicated to help you improve your mental toughness, create better habits, eat healthier, and set new goals to show 2020 who's boss. It's never too late to start improving your mental performance, and ASP makes it super easy by making all appointments virtual so you can meet from the comfort and safety of your own home. Whether you're an athlete, student, musician, first responder, or work in any field where you have pressure to perform, you can benefit from mental performance training today. To check out their services and schedule your free consultation, go to alphasportperformance.com Type in their promo code ITM20, that stands for Inside the Minds, obviously, 20 at checkout, which will apply a 20% discount to any service that you purchase. Again, that's alphasportperformance.com, promo code ITM20. The Islanders are almost at 50 shots on goal right now. Seven minutes left in the first overtime, and it's 4-4. Four to four. And they look like they're in control, but Philadelphia looks like they want to they want to take some zone zone pressure and zone time in. And Islanders defense is looking good. Let's get into some hockey again. Thank you for that for that message over there from our friends over at Alpha Sport Performance. Be sure to go check them out. Everyone can benefit from a little mental training. And Man, like I really thought that that Philadelphia would win this a little more easily than what has been happening. But I mean, the Islanders are shot away from from going to the conference final. I didn't expect that whatsoever. I didn't expect the Islanders to make it out of the first round against the Capitals. They did that, and now they're still here. Like Barry Trotz. <laughs> his players are buying into his philosophy of all defense all the time. And the fact that they have 50 shots this game is mind-blowing. They're like the Stars or the Blue Jackets. You're expecting them to have 17 shots in a game and win one nothing. So the fact that it's 4-4 right now and they're looking like they're going to win, um, it's incredible. You know about hockey, though? Like the team that's that's putting the most pressure on, the team that's – that feels like the 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 ice is shifted in their favor. Always seems to lose, especially in, in situations. Overtime. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a crazy game, dude. Yeah, because once you have all that pressure in your offensive zone, you get one bad turnover. The other team has a breakaway, and they win. That's all it takes. Well, Philly I, just had a mini breakaway, so that it didn't work, but. <laughs> it shows what could happen. Yeah, if I God. literally like said that and then it happened, I would have been like, I'm Rain Man. Come to me for all your predictions for the future. Uh, but honestly, I 
prefer the Islanders against the Lightning since the Lightning went through. Like, the Lightning struggled against Columbus, who's a defensive team as well. Everyone buys into their role. Like, they do their job. And the Lightning struggled with that. And I think they would struggle with the Light or Islanders. And then that would make my Islanders stars prediction halfway right. When did you predict that? After the Blues got eliminated. Oh. (laughs) Because I did have a Blues Flyers prediction. So everyone's ruined my predictions from the start. But. The NHL is going to lose their minds if it's Islander stars. That's going to be the most boring Stanley Cup final in hockey history. I know I keep like I know I keep like beating the proverbial bush with this one too many times. With wait, who beats a, a bush? Is beating a dead horse? Is <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why do you guys Tw- listen to this? Seriously. Twitter, please please tell us what the proverb actually is because I might be wrong. I'll, I'll admit that. I don't know. I don't speak in proverbs. Yeah. I hope it's I hope it's a bush. I'm 100% wrong. I thought it was a bush. Well, I maybe think it's a bush. I know it's a dead horse, but I thought there was a bush involved too. I thought, I don't know. Maybe it's a bush latte. It's that season, shut, you know. Shut up. <laughs> I Okay, we're going to get off on a tangent here really quick. I hate it. I hate it when people call them bush lattes. You know, oh, my God. I don't know why. I don't know why. There's just something about it. Like, no. No, it is It is a bush light. It is a horrible beer. Please address it as such. Okay, right, Chris, I'm going to give you my theory as to why this happens. Okay. It's rednecks who have their inner basic white girl that doesn't get their pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. Oh, I because know. Because they're too manly. So they're like, oh, I'm going to have my bush latte. I'm like, dude, I respect you. I would respect you more if you went to Starbucks and got a pumpkin spice latte over drinking a bush light. Like, I, I it's literally, literally capus. I've <laughs> literally told people from, from the town I grew up in who have called it a bush latte in front of me that they need to leave town once every decade. Yeah, all seven people. Like and eight thousand cows. God dang. <laughs> yes, that's it. I don't I don't know why that I don't know why that like triggers me. <laughs> just yeah. does. I, I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't I don't know. Don't it doesn't trigger don't me. Don't hate me in I don't just, hate me in the reviews or the comments. I just I don't know why. It's just one of those things. I'm probably like the extreme minority in that. Just like I am with not liking chocolate or peanut butter, I know I'm the extreme minority with that. So <laughs> Wait, you don't like don't peanut butter us- either? No, I don't. I used to really like peanut butter, but it was one of those things where I just grew out of it. I've known you for almost and five years. I didn't know you hated peanut butter. Yeah, I don't like peanut butter or chocolate. Are we friends? <laughs> I, I, something like that. I don't know. We <laughs> started a podcast. <laughs> that oh man. Anyway. Just to put it back in perspective, though, the Flyers only have 21 shots on goal. The Flyers were drinking Bush lattes before this game. Bush lattes, yeah. That's all they have in the bubble. I don't know, dude. Like, this series has been crazy. The Lightning series was crazy. Like, that might as well have been a sweep. Yeah, I- I wouldn't call 
that series crazy. I'll call that extremely disappointing. I was expecting that to go seven. I, well, the thing was, I thought Boston was going to roll over him, to be honest, because it, it was just, <laughs> yeah, I did. And I thought it was yeah. going to be Tampa in seven. No, I thought Boston was going to roll. Yeah, shoot me. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> but it's just one of those feelings too, again, you know, the, the lightning are coming off last season where they, they get swept by the blue jackets in the first round. And I'm kind of thinking it's more of a progression thing. Like they're going to, they're going to ease up now that they've, that they've advanced. Didn't really happen. And I know it's a stupid thing to say about professional sports, but weirder things do happen. It, it was just another one of those feelings for me where the eye test kind of was greater than reality. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of had that same feeling with them. I was like, they struggled against Columbus. They're physically drained because game one of that was five overtime, um, which we talked about before. So, like, I get where that you're coming from with that. But Boston just didn't look good in the bubble. I think it was a miracle that they got past the first round, which I don't remember who they played. But, yeah, I don't. I just thought Tampa got – the proverbial monkey off their back since we're doing with Proverbs this uh, episode. And now they're free to play their hockey. But I think once they play the Islanders, they're going to be like, God damn it, not again. Because those games are going to go to overtime because they're going to be 0-0 or 1-1 at the end of regulation. And Tampa's just going to be like, okay, we're going home. I'm tired of skating. Like, yeah, I want two months off. Uh, also, That's Jordan, crazy. That's all I really just took a penalty. Delay of game. So two minutes left in overtime, and oh my God. the Flyers are on the power play. It's and getting Kevin crazy. Hayes one def- face-off in defensive zone. Ooh, and Vancouver's up. No oh boy. Vancouver's up one to nothing in the first. I think Vegas wins this game and goes on to the conference finals. It's eight to eight shots. So Vancouver's doing a better job than they were in game one. <laughs> so Vancouver had 17 shots total on goal. Yeah. And it it looked like another one of those like momentum games where if Vegas just looks at it and says that okay, we have we definitely have the momentum with us, we're going to win this game or we're going to win the series. Then oh, Philly yeah, just I know, I just saw that. Yep. I just saw that. <laughs> well, 4 on 4 for a minute 18. 4 on 4 for the rest of the period. That's exciting. Um, so I will say that I actually man. liked how the Western Conference lined up. And actually, is this the same for the Eastern Conference? Maybe? No, it's not. But the Western Conference, it was the two divisions matched up against each other. So regardless, in the Western Conference final, we're going to have the Pacific versus Central. So I think that's cool that, that lined up like that. Like, it would have been cool to have Central versus Central and for sure Central uh, Stanley Cup representative. But I, I still think the Stars or the Avs, whoever comes out of that series is going to go to the finals. But it would have been interesting. But it's cool that it's going to be division versus division. And I don't know if that's going to happen in the East. Because are the Islanders Atlantic or are they Metro? Your silence concerns me. <laughs> I'm I'm much confused. 
are you checking my nonsense here? Your face makes me concerned. <laughs> I'm glad I'm filling this dead airspace. I'm sorry, guys, that I asked super questions. I mean, Chris, I mean, it, it, Kevin can't edit this out. I just nope. want to like, no, nope, point that out. I am leaving this in there because it's making me feel bad about knowing what, not knowing what division the lightning flyers and Islanders are in. Are they all in the Atlantic? No. <laughs> I like how that was literally two minutes of me doubting myself for you to finally answer. <laughs> no, I just wanted—I just wanted you to doubt yourself. No, the Lightning are the only one who's in the Atlantic, and then the, the Flyers and so, yeah, the Flyers and Islanders are in the Metro. Okay, so, so I mean, so it's still going to work out in the be. East, where it will be Metro versus. Atlantic and then Pacific or Central. So that's really yeah. cool that across the NHL playoffs, like it's going to be a balanced um, finals, Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals. So that's a cool little tidbit for y'all after two minutes of my self-doubt. Good. Good. We need a little bit of self-doubt every now and then. Yeah, I doubt myself a lot. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but the Flyers and Islanders just ended their first overtime going to number five. two. Oh, Jesus. No, I hope it goes six. I hope it sets the record. Of two two playoff games that set length records this year, that would be incredible. Chris, I want you to stay up until this game's over. What if it finishes before we're done recording? That'd, that'd be easy. Go I just to go to bed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's easy. Uh, All right. That'll work. Yeah. That'll work for me. Speaking of speaking of that, um, Colorado Dallas going into Game Seven, and to say that I'm surprised that Colorado made this surge back, I'm I'm not. To be honest, I'm really not that incredibly surprised that Colorado's done this because. I, I think it was another one of those things where they just needed to get their legs underneath them against Dallas, and they finally have, and they've just looked like the clear, more dominating team. And I think Colorado's got a good chance to win Game 7 and move on to the West Final, just like a lot of people thought they would. But Dallas's yeah. offense has been incredible, too, and it's being shut down now by 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 Colorado's defense and I, I I'm just saying like it feels like that they they kind of got their stuff together finally and this is where it's going to show yeah the pure talent and depth on Colorado made everyone think that they were going to be the Santa Cup favorites this year which was understandable like I would have liked to see the Blues and Avalanche play in this playoffs I thought it would have been a good matchup um but Dallas, like, they were struggling to score for a while, but then Jamie Benn and Tyler Seguin finally got going. And then you have Radulov, hence uh, all these guys find, or like that were producing and were the only ones scoring on their second, third, fourth lines. And now their first line scoring, too. So, like, they, they're going to make it competitive. I could see this game seven being, like, 5-4, four, 4-3, four, somewhere around there. It's going to be higher scoring. But Colorado still has their backup goalie in. I guess Dallas is too, but Dallas's backup goalie is better. And Colorado's missing Eric Johnson still. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to whether 
McKinnon continues to be McKinnon. Like he's right there in the conversation for the best player in hockey right now with McDavid. Like, and if he actually takes the Avs to the finals, would you say he's the best player in hockey? Because that's something that David hasn't done. See, this is one of those things where I wish that some of these trophies and awards would count for the postseason too. Absolutely. Because I think that, yeah, Dreisaitl was the best was the best regular season player this year. That's undeniable. But McKinnon, I think, is the best player in the NHL right now because he's putting it together not only in the not only in the regular season, but he's really putting it together in the postseason. Yeah, because I mean, those, he you said, want to know a fun little fact? Sorry. I hope this is the same fact that I have on my brain right now because that'd be great. So yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No, actually, what's yours? Uh, that he just said like the he's the second most. I, I don't know how to word this, but he's like his point streak in the playoffs is second all time to Bobby Orr. Like that's absurd. Like twenty three straight games with a point in the playoffs. It's phenomenal. That was not my fact. No. Actually, my fact was that Nathan McKinnon has scored the most points in as few amount of games as he has played right now. He's scored 25 points so far in these playoffs, which is the most through, I think he's played 13 games since Wayne Gretzky. Wow. In 1983. So yeah, he's making a legitimate claim that he's the best player in hockey right now. He is. He is. And it's, it's going to be one of those debates too. Like, I, I don't know where you are on the on a possible McDavid tricidal debate. Uh, David's McDavid's better. One. Yeah, yeah I do too. Dreisaitl plays on line two, so he's not playing as the top D. He's not playing against top forwards. McDavid is. So Right. So then you go into the McDavid McKinnon conversation. McKinnon's on a better team though, so that's going I, to impact it. I do I, I think so too. I think they're really close and I think if we saw McDavid on a better team, we should get a better assessment. Or if we saw them both in the playoffs against each other. I think that needs to happen too. The problem is, is that Edmonton can't get their (laughs) stuff together. They can't get their defense together. They can't get their goaltending right. Okay, Chris. Colorado's done. Hottest take. Hottest take I will ever Uh have on this show. Uh Uh-oh. I hope Rick from Red Deer. I'm taking Sven Chicklet's quote here. Uh, I hope everyone in Alberta comes after me for this. They will. Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, Jesus. Ivan Barbashev. Um, two first-round picks for McDavid. That's still not enough. Why do you want? Why would they want Ivan Barbashev? <laughs> I don't know. He was the first one that popped in my mind. Ivan okay, Bar- Jordan no. Cairo. That's even worse. Okay, uh, Schwartz. Schwartz and Tarasenko, two first-rounders, a second-rounder. Ooh. Tarasenko. I heard the end. No, you didn't. heard the end. <laughs> no, you did not. I heard it. I heard uh, it. Speaking it could have been that. there. That's fine. Um, I mean, and so this is obviously not realistic whatsoever. Right. But in NHL 19, I traded Colton Pareko in a first-round pick in 2021 for McDavid straight up. I'd be okay with that trade. Edmonton, your GM, hit me up. We can make this happen. 
I'll get a hold of Army. I'll play middleman. We can make this happen. McDavid can go to a winning team. He can get a Stanley Cup. He'll be the greatest player of all time. Better than Gretzky because Gretzky and, didn't play against real goalies. And the Blues would be in cap hell. We're already going to be after we sign Petro. So. No, we're not. That's another debate for another day. I think like that could be debated once he either resigns or decides to go somewhere else because but, but see, at that today's point, a there's a lot of time decisions to talk to about make. it because no, of the trade not. that was made to, that was made yesterday, sir. <sighs> you know, I'm right. <laughs> they should have traded Bozak. They should have traded Bozak. Okay. They, they should have bought got, out Bozak. They, no, they should have straight up traded him. But the problem with it is that I, I know that's like, this the sexy idea, right? Trade Bozak, get more more cap room. But in reality, the Blues would probably have to retain like a million of that salary to get rid of him. So they're exactly. gonna be saving or or reducing their cap hit by that much anyway. Yeah. But at the same time So now they need a backup goalie. <laughs> Yeah, and, so oh my God. since we haven't said the trade, of, for those of you that don't know, Drake Allen from the Blues got traded to Montreal, which surprising. But he got traded for a third round and a seventh round pick. Or sixth round? It was sixth or seventh? Seventh. Seventh. Um, for so Washington's Blues, third round pick and Chicago's seventh round pick. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that's decent. Like We can fight a backup goalie in the third, I think. Um, that will eventually develop into something. But now the Blues have almost 7 million cap space. I still think we're going to buy out Alex Steen and clear up another two, two and a half. So that's pushing us at 9.5. If Petrangelo takes a little bit of a hometown discount, because he's probably going to get 10 if he goes to a different team. If we get him for eight, five, nine for seven years, like sign me up. I think Petrangelo takes nine. But the thing is, is that if he goes with another team, like you said, I think he gets double digits. Why? Because Roman Yossi did. Yeah. And so, I mean, he deserves it. He he does. And Petro does too. But that's kind of the question and issue right here is, is he going to take it? Here's how I know he would take the nine. He might even say 8.5. I guarantee you, in the pitch from Army and Chief, they're going to have a picture of him as a statue raising the Stanley Cup in front of Enterprise. If he leaves, he's not going to get that. Like, he There's might a graphic designer that could do it. Yeah, like he, he yeah. might eventually get a statue, but they pitch him holding the Stanley Cup, the first one in Blues history outside of Enterprise. His triplets were born here. He, his family lives here now. Like, that's a huge selling point. It is. That, to me, if I was in his situation, I would take a one, one and a half, two million dollar pay cut to have that happen. Like, you've been in St. Louis for 12 years. You raised the first Stanley Cup. You're the all time favorite captain. Like, nobody's going to argue that. If somebody does, please come at me with that argument. Like, I think he stays. And this shows that the Blues are willing to make sacrifices to make him stay. That Jake Allen trade was a message. That was a direct message to Petro. 
They are serious. They want to make this happen. And they just got to do it. They, they just have to because, honestly, if they hit – if Petro hits unrestricted free agency, he's not coming back. He is not coming back. And the the reason I said it or I say that is because the Blues have had a year now. They've had a year to get something done. And I know that Doug Armstrong, their general manager, has always – come out with these these crazy deals and these insane trades and whatnot and the the mindset behind blues fans has kind of started been in an army we trust but man it's been almost a year to figure something out let's get it done well let's thankfully get it done soon covid actually helped us out with this because it gave him more time to figure it out i really think we buy out Stain, and I think we find a landing place for Schwartz or Bozak. I could see us having 12 million cap space by the free agency window opens. I think it should happen, which would be a miracle, like to get that much cap space and maybe get Petrangelo for nine mil and then have three mil to play with. That'd be great. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. I'm. I'm skeptical. I think that that uh, I think the Jake Allen trade was a was a was a major risk by Doug Armstrong. I really do because if they still can't get a deal done with Petrangelo, and now they're out with arguably the best backup goalie in the NHL, like yeah, now Bennington's Bennington's on contract year next year now, so like we're gonna have to be paying him too. So now, now Armstrong is gonna be a hot water. If Petrangelo doesn't get re-signed, Armstrong's in hot water. But if and, there's any GM that could justify his moves and make the team so competitive, it's Army. Army's a top three GM in the league. You I don't, don't want to think about it. I just don't want to think about it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's we can dive more into that as free agency approaches. Yeah, let's do that. And other, you know, other news though. Uh, before we wrap this up, at the time of this recording, Vegas is still down to Vancouver, one to nothing. I think they're just about to start the second period, and Vegas is about to go on a power play. Philadelphia is about to start their second overtime against the Islanders, still 4-4, four to four, and the Islanders are going to be on a power play for the next 42 seconds. So can they get it done in the first period, or the first minute of the second overtime? I guess yes. we'll find out. And I think that shall do it for episode number 33 of Inside the Minds. Thank you guys for coming along and listening with us. If you like what you heard, please like, follow, subscribe, give us a review, donate to the show. Like we do accept donations. So if you do like, if you really like what you heard to be able to keep this podcast going. More importantly, to give me a puppy because yeah. I'm trying to get a puppy. So if you want to donate to that, I'll post pictures of the puppy. Like, okay, so there you go. Takes. Let's let's donate to Kevin's puppy fund. All right. If uh, but, no, if but we get two hundred dollars, really. I'll let y'all name the puppy. Ooh, two hundred bucks off this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we get to name the puppy. Okay, but really, uh, supporting the show any way that you guys can. You know, whether it's uh, just through a rating, just a listen, or a monetary donation, we appreciate all of it. More importantly, be sure to follow us on on social media. 
at ITM pod at both Twitter and Instagram for bunch of content from from the shows and debates that we try to try to have with you guys off air thanks again for the support and we'll see you next week for our weekday episode see you guys later